You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. That's right, everyone, to Real Presence Live. My name is Tim Moser, coming at you from the Fargo studio in the Butler Building, the third floor, a beautiful view over hilly, just kidding, over flat Fargo. It's a wonderful place. Ryan, I'm sorry, Aaron is producing. Thanks so much, Aaron. Appreciate it. You betcha. Well, we had Deacon Harold, Harold Burke Sivers on last uh, segment, and he was talking about pro-life. He's going to be speaking March 5th at the Duluth Real Presence Radio Banquet, so find out more about that and get your place reserved. Now we have a couple people who actually went on this year's March for Life. We have Josie Skino and Ryan Jensen, both students at Dickinson Trinity. Josie, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you for having us. Awesome. Josie is a senior. And Ryan, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you guys? Oh, just fine, just fine. And Ryan's a sophomore. Josie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, So I'm a Trinity at... I'm a senior at Dickinson Trinity, and for the past four years, I've served on the Titans for Life Council, mm-hmm. and I'm currently an assistant chaplain under Father Grant Dvorak, and next year I plan on attending NDSU to major in veterinarian technology. Wow, that's wonderful. So do you have a relationship with animals now? You like animals now? Is that kind of why you're going into that? Yeah, so I've uh, grown up around animals my whole life. My grandparents farmed and ranch, so it's just been a part of me for as long as I can remember. Awesome, Josie. That's wonderful. Of course, NDSU is great. They have an awesome Newman Center there as well, so you'll be well taken care of. That's great. Ryan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Ryan Jensen. I'm a sophomore at Trinity High School, and I love traveling and playing music, and I actually play organ for our school's masses here. That is awesome. You play organ, Ryan. Now, that is way cool. Do you play at your church, too? Yes. Um, so I play piano at two parishes here in Dickinson. That's amazing. What's one of your favorite hymns to play? Um, Tantum Ergo. Ah, isn't that great? See, Tantum Ergo, that's wonderful. We use that at, at benediction, of course. So do you play sometimes for uh, adoration? I haven't yet, but I definitely hope to in the future. Wonderful. A good St. Saint, good Saint Thomas Aquinas tune. That's wonderful. Well, this is great. Well, Brian, both you and, and Josie had a chance to attend this year's March for Life. I think it was the second one for both of you. Uh, but just give us a little idea of what your experience was like this year, Ryan. Yeah, so it's always remarkable to go touring and marching with your school. So our school does tons of activities together. We go ice skating, go to different museums. Um, but the march itself is just, it's so remarkable. Like, the feeling you get when you march along tons of people is so fulfilling. Like, seeing everyone make sacrifices to be there, march for what is right, to cherish and protect life is so fulfilling. You know, you, you mentioned something that's so important, Ryan. It's it, it's a sacrifice. It is a pilgrimage, right? I mean, you're in the bus for a lot of hours, right? Driving overnight, you know, not you know, so you're not sleeping in a comfy bed, you know, and things aren't. But isn't it great that you probably pray the rosary along the way? You have mass along the way. Maybe you sing some songs. Maybe you're uh, bring a little portable keyboard and play. I don't know, but it it, it really is a pilgrimage, isn't it? Yes. 
But from the sounds of what you're saying, it's something you welcome. You welcome that sacrifice because, number one, you're doing it for those lives, right? Because human life is important. And number two, it's something you're doing with your fellow students, right? Yes, absolutely. I think it's, it helps me grow as a person just to make sacrifices for other people. It's, in a way, it's sort of humbling, but it makes me a better person when I come out of the march when I get home. Wow, you know, that, that is a very mature attitude there, Ryan. That's amazing because it helps you get out of yourself, helps you serve other people doing things for others. And it feels good, doesn't it? It feels good to serve others. Yes, it feels amazing. Wonderful, wonderful. Josie, tell us a little bit about your experience this year. Yeah, so it was really powerful to unite with thousands to support a cause that was greater than ourselves. You know, we live in this world that's so divided, but it didn't matter how old you were or where you lived. People gathered for one cause and to be one voice. Mm, that's so, what's it like just being around thousands of youth that are uh, like-minded with you? Uh, it's definitely an experience that's hard to put into words because just knowing that kids your age are all fighting for the same thing really um, gets me excited to see what our future holds. Absolutely. Well, I mean, with uh, with with young people like you and Ryan, it's 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 pretty amazing. I think our uh, our our culture and our our uh, world is in pretty good hands. Now, you know, this is the second time, right, that you've been there. So, Josie, was there anything different about you know this time or anything that stood out to you? And you contrast these two years that you went last year and this year. Yes. So last year, Roe v. Wade had just been overturned. And as we're getting ready to march, I remember standing there and seeing a sign that said, I am the post-Roe generation. And I remember being really taken back and thinking, wow, look at how far we've come. I'm not just witnessing history, but now I'm living it. Mm-hmm. And that experience made me feel just more empowered to return this year. You know, that, that's such a beautiful statement. I'm not just witnessing history, I'm, I'm living history. And you're part of that history. You are part of the pro-life generation and the post-Roe generation. One of the big things we were looking for, right? Let's overturn Roe. And it was. And now we have a lot of work to do, as you know. Ryan, what about you? Because you went last year as well. Any, any contrast that stuck out with you? I think it was a lot easier to take in what the march was about this year. Because last year I was really young. I didn't really know what was going on. But this year, I really was able to grow in my spiritual life and pray and march for those who couldn't. You know, that, that, that's such, again, an insightful statement there because the first time you go to something that big, right, you're just kind of like, whoa, it's the big, the wonder of it all, right? And it's hard to take it all in. And it sounds like you were really very much more able to enter in, shall we say, to the experience at a deeper level. Yes. Wonderful. What would you say to youth... Orion, who are thinking, oh, maybe I'll go on the march, maybe I won't, I don't know. What would you say to them? I'd say for youth especially, it is so important to take the steps in the right direction for what you believe because we are the future leaders of our generation. So taking the right steps, going on marches, doing things that are right are so crucial for how our world will turn out in the future. Again, very insightful statement. It's so important to see that, you know, it is important that you do this right now and start thinking about these things right now. Now, Josie, you're kind of in an interesting 
position there because you're in high school, senior in high school, you've been there a couple of times, but going on to college. So tell me a little bit about now, how, you, how do you plan to take this pro-life uh, education, this pro-life experiences that you got, as you said, living this history, how do you plan to do this uh, the rest of your high school career here, these next few months, and then taking that pro-life mission onto the college campus? So I would like to continue uh, serving my time on the uh, Titans for Life Council, mm-hmm. as I said before, and really leading our school and teaching these younger kids that what we do here is important as just as what you do in D.C. is important. And in college, I hope to be very involved in the Newman Center, and I hope to continue to lead my other classmates who maybe don't know as much about the pro-life movement and hope to open their eyes up to what it really means to be um, a beloved child of God. Wow. See, that's it. That's what it comes down to, right? You're a beloved child of God. Every person, born and unborn, from from, uh, conception to natural death, right, is this beautiful, unique, precious human person. Such a great outlook. So, Ryan, I'm wondering now, when, when Josie's gone, the, one of the big leaders there at Trinity, are you part of the leadership team right now? And do you plan on maybe trying to become part of that leadership team if you aren't already? So, I am currently not on the Titans for Life um, group. Mm-hmm. But when we have multiple seniors there, so I hope to take one of their spots mm-hmm. and lead our school again, in the right direction, which is protecting, cherishing, and honoring life from conception and natural death. That's beautiful. So, Ryan, just listening to you, even though you're not on the leadership team, I take it people like Josie and all those on the Titans for Life leadership team have really helped influence you and and teach you and help you to really become uh, very, very pro-life. Am I right in that assessment? Yes, they do so much for our school, and they're such beautiful young women that really help our school to grow in our faith and what we believe. And it's they're really inspiring to us. Beautiful, beautiful. And as, and as good as that is, Josie, uh, are there any guys on the leadership team for Titans for Life? We do have a few. There are uh, a couple younger students, but I think uh, as they grow in high school and continue to be uh, good young Catholic men as they are, uh, they'll do great things in the future as well. You know, it's great that they're able to to be on the leadership team. And, and being young, it maybe is a good thing because it gives them some time, right, to, to grow and mature. And, of course, you have great people like your chaplain and, and good male role models for them as well. So it's exciting to see uh, young men getting involved in as well. Josie, what would you say to that junior or senior in high school that says, I don't know, this whole pro-life thing, you know, or going on a march, or I don't know. I don't know about all this stuff. What, what would you say to them? I would say if you have the opportunity to go on the march, just go for it. Uh, Many people, even myself, I thought, well, I'm just a girl from a small town in North Dakota. What difference can I make? But you can make a huge difference. There's strength in numbers. One person quickly adds up to thousands. Yeah, and, and that's beautiful, right? You're, you're part of this movement that's bigger than yourself, right? Which in this era of cell phones and all these kind of things, it's so easy to get just into ourselves, right? And this is a way to get out and and work with other people for a great common cause. That's wonderful. Josie and Ryan, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for sharing your experiences and keep living that great pro-life message. You're very inspirational. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. God bless you. Coming up, we have another person that went on the March for Life, a senior from Grand Forks. 
And that'll happen right after this. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Let us run to Mary and as her little children cast ourselves in their arms with a perfect confidence. St. Francis de Sales. Join together with families across the local area for the Rosary, nightly here on Real Presence Radio. On Wednesday through Monday nights, tune in at 8 p.m. Central and on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Central. Gather the whole family together and pray this powerful prayer with us. Join us for the Rosary Wednesday through Monday at 8 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central here on the RPR Network. This is Father Bo Braun from the Diocese of Duluth. It's my second year anniversary as a priest today, so I figured it's a good time to talk a little bit about priesthood and my favorite part about being a priest. You know, it's intense because you just think about where the priest stands. The priest stands, he stands in the place of Jesus Christ. He stands in between the people and God. And uh, that place is a, there's an intensity of life and there's an intensity of love there. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about the, I think the best times as a priest are those moments where God lets you feel that intensity. You know, so the mass, I would say, is the, is the highest point, obviously, because in the mass, it's the, it's the most intense prayer from the Son to the Father, and I'm caught up in the middle of that. But yet, I, I give all of that love then to the people, and uh, all through my, my ordinary and, and very little heart. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Real Presence Live. My name is Tim Moser, your host from the Fargo studio here. We're talking with youth today. It's a pro-life program. And this half hour, we're talking with youth who have been to the March for Life, sharing their experiences. Uh, we had Josie and Ryan from Dickinson Trinity uh, last 15 minutes telling us about their story and great leadership they're doing there at Trinity High School. We'd now like to welcome Maddie Braun to the program. Maddie, welcome. Hi, Tim. Good morning, and thank you so much for having me. Oh, you are welcome, young lady. Absolutely. And Maddie, so you're a senior now. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself, though. Tell our listeners about yourself. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So I'm a senior in high school. Um, I'm a parishioner at St. Michael's in Grand Forks. And I was born and raised Catholic. I'm the oldest of seven children. And I work at a local gym as a lifeguard and a swim instructor. And I'm active in Students for Life of America, just a local chapter in my city. That is awesome, Maddie. That's so good. So oldest of seven children. So you have a, quite a responsibility probably in helping take care and guide and form your younger brothers and sisters, I assume? Yeah, for sure. But it's fun. Lots of challenges with it, too. But it's a good time. You know, it's so great to hear someone your age, you know, 17, 18, whatever you are there as being a senior, to say that because a lot of times, well, so my story was I was the uh, I was the second oldest, but I had a brother or sisters 
one year after me for four years. So when I was a senior, I had a brother that was a junior, a sister that was a sophomore, a sister that was a freshman, right? And wow. Sometimes, I know, sometimes, as much as I love them, it's like, oh, you know, they kind of got on my nerves sometimes, right? But I love how you say, yeah, you know, it's kind of challenging, which is great, but it's awesome and you love it. So thank you for taking that responsibility and doing it lovingly. That's wonderful. That is also a pro-life move right there, young lady. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, you went on the March for Life this year. Tell us about uh, your experience and anything that really struck you this year. Yeah, that's a great question. So this year I attended with the joint group of the Fargo Diocese and the Bismarck Diocese. Mm-hmm. So this meant spending over 24 hours on a bus just to get to Washington, D.C. But I think one of the most impactful things about taking a trip to D.C. for the March is the number of like-minded individuals. We're all there from across the United States with a united goal of standing for the fundamental right to life. Um, And the march route that we take, it takes us up a hill, right, as we near the Capitol, which means that as we're going up this hill, I can turn around and looking down, I can see a street totally filled with pilgrims. Um, Some of my favorite pictures from the march are just from the top of that hill, turning around, holding my phone up, and taking pictures just to show the number of people that are there. But even when we're not marching, just during the days leading up to the march, I was in D.C. for about five days, um, we would run into other pro-lifers, other people there from around the country that were in that city, seeing those sites and learning about our country's capital and our country's history. But they were there fundamentally for the same reason as me, for standing up for the right to life, which is absolutely an inspiring thought. Beautiful. I can tell that that really that really affected you. And what a great reflection, you know, to, to see all that. And isn't it inspiring to be able to meet with youth from across the country, right, who are like-minded with you on the mm-hmm. pro-life movement? Yeah, for sure. So good. Well, you know, Maddie, I now this is this was your second one, right? Uh, but I understand yeah. I understand you have a friend who went on the march before Dobbs, right? When when Roe was still in effect. Uh, and, you've, and you're good friends with them. Can you talk a little bit about that? Were there some differences? Or what are some things that have changed? Yeah. So this is my friend, Mercy. She's a University of Mary student, and I actually met her on the March for Life last year. Mm. So that's just one of those people, like I was talking about, those like-minded <laughs> yep. individuals, and now she's one of my best friends. So she's been going to the March for years now, and before Roe's reversal, that really was a major goal. We wanted to overturn Roe um, as one of the big steps in furthering our culture of life, right? So that was definitely a driving factor before Roe was overturned. And Mercy also remembers encountering fewer pro-choice protesters, fewer people that were there and were upset with what we were doing, with what we were standing up for. She mentioned that maybe this is just because maybe in recent years she's been walking more in the middle of the group, and so she's just been surrounded by the pro-life people who are walking with her. Um, But that is something that she observed was less, less protesters against us. So less protesters against you now or before Dobbs? Now. Okay, okay. Interesting. That's interesting. Well, okay, that's that's good, and that, that's a good observation. You know, as you know, our culture probably, of course, overturning Roe just sent, sent it back to the states, right? So North Dakota mm-hmm. is very, very pro-life. But as you know, right across the river in Minnesota, for instance, they're very, very, uh, you know, pro-choice. Abortion is, you know, very much accepted. Our, our one... Uh, abortion clinic, right? We have none in North Dakota. I moved across to Minnesota. So it looks to me, and I'd like to get your take on this, I think, you know, we may be turning the tide. Like, do you think we're turning the tide on pro-life? But also, is there also uh, an air of 
you know, a little bit more of controversy, a little bit more of people just getting to their own corners and saying, no, I'm going to just stay my own way. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I think we're definitely seeing an emphasis on local marches too, mm-hmm. instead of just the National March for Life, which I think is definitely a good thing. It's important for us to show up on the national level in D.C. and really represent the movement as a whole. But those individual marches, bringing it down to the state level, can be super powerful, too. Um, And I think there's definitely an air of rejoicing. We have won a big battle in overturning Roe, but we're not done. Um, So just at the march now, everyone is happy. There's joy. And I do see a bright future ahead. I think we hear a lot of negative from the media, and we can as pro-lifers tend to focus on everything that we have left to do. But I think it's important for us to recognize, too, the hearts and minds that we have changed through the power of the Holy Spirit. And reversing Roe was a huge step that we were able to accomplish. So we're going to continue working to build that culture of life. And I know we have a generation of youth who want to see that happen and are willing to put in the work to build that reality because I got to spend time with them on the March for Life the past two years. And that's to be very, very exciting. And we're talking with Maddie Braun about her experiences on the March for Life and her friend's experience, who now is, Mercy is her name, was now at University of Mary. They're very good friends. And um, talking about what it was like before Dobbs and now after Dobbs. So, uh, Maddie, I have to ask you, since you're a senior, do you have any plans for next year? I do. So, next year I'm planning to be a net missionary. I was accepted Um, over the winter. So that's my plan is to take a gap year before I decide whether or not to attend college to be a net missionary. So net, I'm sure many people who are listening have heard of national evangelization teams. It's based out of West St. Paul. And so I will be a youth minister with net next year. So I'll be serving for nine months in full-time youth ministry. That's wonderful. I love the fact that you have that all planned. And thank you for saying yes to that, to that great opportunity. I know that and net, a lot of times what you do, right, is one of the things they do is you go around to various churches, right, all across the archdiocese, <laughs> and you put on uh, little, like, retreats and that type of thing. Isn't that one of the big things that net does? Yes, it is. So there's two types of teams, and one of them is that retreat team where you get to travel around a region and encounter all sorts of youth. You'll be able to minister to so many different people, and it's really powerful um, to get to see the Holy Spirit working in all these different lives. And then we also have discipleship teams where you'll get to stay at a parish or a church for a significant period of time and really dive into relational ministry and getting to know those kids one-on-one. Beautiful. I like the fact that there's there's both types of teams, right? Because there's there's value in each of them, right? And those sure. and uh, and those discipling that that's so important, right? You know, just uh, discipling one or two others, and then they do two others. It multiplies. It multiplies fast. And talk a little bit more about your family here before we go, because like I said, you're the oldest of seven, and you have to use some of these uh, strategies and techniques with your own family, trying to evangelize and disciple your own brothers and sisters, right? Yeah. So I am the oldest. My dad is a convert to Catholicism. Mm. Um, He was Lutheran before um, and now is Catholic. My mom is Catholic, grew up Catholic. And um, all of us kids being the oldest, I kind of get to be the one to set an example. So sometimes um, I fall, and that's not a good example. And other times um, it is, um, I do get things right sometimes, right? Um, But I think, um, oh, where was I going with this? I think that setting an example is a really good way for me to evangelize with my own family. Because sometimes being that they're my younger siblings, they don't want to hear me talk about it. um, And it's more impactful to see it. 
Um, cause I think they can kind of just take advantage. Oh, she's my sister. I don't want to listen to her. Right. Whereas if I'm, if I'm living it out, that's a really good way to kind of witness to my younger siblings. Absolutely. We're talking with Maddie Brown. Very good insight. You know, less talk, more action, right? Exactly. What does it say? Action's worth a thousand words. So sometimes just, you know, prayerfully praying the rosary when your family prays it. You know, even if your younger yeah. brothers and sisters don't want to, it's like, well, you know, Maddie, she's really entering in, you know, and that, that, that's, that's very wise. So Maddie, what advice would you have to young people, you know, your age, around your age, who are thinking about, oh, I'm not really involved in the pro-life movement. I don't know if I should get involved or not. What do you, what do you, would you tell them and how can they get involved? Yeah, so there's a few different ways. What I actually did with a friend of mine is we started a local Students for Life chapter. Mm-hmm. So Grand Forks didn't have a high school chapter, and so a couple of us got together and were like, let's do this. And it's pretty easy to set up. We have so many resources through Students for Life of America, and there's so many other pro-life organizations like 40 Days for Life that you can get involved with. Um, and so definitely checking to see if there's already something in your city or if you can start one. Or if you're active in social media, posting things and spreading the word that way, starting discussions online is a really great thing that you can do. And again, there's training for that. So if you don't know where to start, um, there's so many people that are willing to help at Students for Life and at the other organizations. 40 Days for Life is another one that I have been involved with a little bit. Um, And just things like being willing to have that conversation when it comes up. Like I said, I'm a lifeguard. um, So I have coworkers who maybe aren't pro-life. And if, if the topic comes up, being prepared with why you believe. Yeah, absolutely. Always be ready to give a reason, right? For the hope that lies within you, right? St. Peter says yeah. that, right? In his, in his first letter, first, first Peter 3.15. Maddie, that's wonderful. Any other advice you have? We have about 10 seconds left here. I just want to say thank you for all the merch attendees, all the donors, and our amazing workers in the pro-life movement. Um, we're doing great things, and I'm so grateful for all the people that are working for this culture of life. And thank you, Tim, so much for your time here. My pleasure. Thanks so much. That's Maddie Braun, great pro-life young lady. When we come back, 20th anniversary for the Gianna's Maternity Home. We'll be back right after this. 